And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. If last week at Anfield was perhaps a point gain, then yesterday at the London Stadium is definitely being described as two points dropped. Losing control at crucial moments, can Arsenal regain control in time to win the title? I'm Mark Chapman, this is the Athletic Football Podcast. We started to play passable just with the shake of passing the ball. It was too slow and too nice. And with the penalty to do, with the counter attack situation that we had, with other situations, you have to kill it. So, joining us for this one, the Athletics Adam Crafton and journalist and former Arsenal midfielder Adrian Clark. I have to be honest here, Adrian. We're going to do Declan Rice a little bit later on. And, and originally, the whole podcast was going to be Declan Rice. And now we're doing this bit, have Arsenal blown the title. I have to say, my heart sinks at this stage of a season when you do a have so-and-so blown the title when we've still got virtually two months to go. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I sincerely hope not. I think I think the whole of the Premier League, not just Arsenal fans, want a title race. I think, you know... I, Tottenham, Tottenham fans you, don't. No, that, this is true. <laughs> this is true. Oh, look, it, how many times has a team, you know, go on a winning streak of 15 straight to go on and land a, land a crown. It doesn't happen very often, does it? So I'm, I'm sure there are a few more twists and turns to come. But Arsenal, if they are to, to stay in it, they're going to have to play an awful lot better than they did in that final 75 minutes at, at London Stadium. It, it was champagne football, wasn't it, for 15? And then then the fizz completely went out of, of, the, of the display. So, um, yeah, lots of work to do. Do you think we should be doing a Is the Title Race Over podcast? I do think it's very difficult when you look at Man City's fixtures. They, don't, they have pretty pretty straightforward fixtures. I think if they could choose a run-in to have, I, I don't think it'll be far off what they've got. People are talking about like, blowing the title, throwing away leads. Okay, but... They are points at Anfield and West Ham away. For any other normal title race that doesn't have this kind of freakish Pep Guardiola team in it, you're kind of just like, that's that's a normal thing that can happen in April, right? You have a couple of weekends where it just doesn't quite go right. You have a penalty against you. You've got a few injuries. The rhythm's not quite there. But because we've kind of normalised that you need... 98 points to win a Premier League title now. This mini-drama feels like a crisis. Is there anything that you've seen, though, Adrian, that is a that is a pattern that would be slightly concerning? And look, I realise they've, they've, they've thrashed Palace and they've thrashed Leeds, but, it, but actually, if you go back to the, the beating of Bournemouth at, at the beginning of, of March, where, you know, Bournemouth scored two at the Emirates, and now you've had Liverpool... I'll, I'll throw them in in this whole thing, even though it's Liverpool, but you've had Liverpool who scored two... 
You've had West Ham have scored two. Is is there a pattern? Yes, there is. Yeah, because the team aren't defending as well as they were. They're giving up too many big chances. Eight last week at Anfield, which is actually a record for Arsenal in the Premier League. So, so that isn't good. Um, obviously, the lack of clean sheets uh, at Emirates Stadium has been concerning all the way through. Luckily, the team's been able to score three fours on a consistent basis. But no, the the team. A playing with a little bit less control. I think that much is clear to see. Obviously, across the last two games, that that's you know that that's there for all to see because they've been outshot quite heavily. Liverpool, Liverpool created so much in that last game. West Ham outshot Arsenal in this. It's 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 a problem. I think William Saliba is a, is a big loss. Obviously, having two of your back four missing at once, as was the case at London Stadium, isn't great. Uh, Saliba is a great passer as well as a quick defender, so I think he he he's very difficult to to replace. And, and Zinchenko adds a lot of control to the team, and that that was missed badly, I thought, um, against the West Ham team that was surprisingly aggressive. They went and pressed, didn't they? They really fancied it in the game. He wasn't missed badly in that first thirty minutes, was he? I mean, Tierney performed that role as if he was Zinchenko in that first thirty minutes, and actually for half an hour. They were they were absolutely fine in the same way they were at, at Anfield as well. So what do they do? Do they relax? They're professional footballers. They're not going to think it's one at two nil. You could accuse the team of of having complacency, couldn't you? Across the last two games, for sure, because they quietened the crowd at Anfield. They quietened the crowd at the London Stadium. They had both teams exactly where they wanted them. In a way, both had full control of of both contests. And then they stepped off the gas. And that isn't what City tend to do. It isn't what champions tend to do. So it's a learning process, isn't it? This is a team that is brand new to this environment. They've never been there before, playing under this pressure. So yeah, there are signs of cracks, no doubt about that. Because I think if you're Mikel Arteta, you're looking for your team to really take a team apart when you get them in that position and, and the exact opposite happened in both games. So that that is a worry. It's probably normal because of the youthfulness of the team uh, and of the manager as well, who probably will look at his subs across the last two games and think, did I get those right? Did they did they affect those matches in the right way? And I think he would he'd be right to question himself on those. So look, they're learning as they go along, but that's been the case all season. I think that's really harsh. I think that's really, I think that's really harsh on players and and, and Arteta. You know, if you look at the last couple of games, I, I thought actually Anfield last week, even at two two one at two two, I thought Arsenal were okay. Like I mean, they nearly won it at two at two two. That went back and, and went again. I thought the thing that surprised me yesterday was their reaction after two two. There was all that kind of incision and confidence, kind of went out of the team a little bit. That was the only time. This season, I would say that I've looked at them and thought you might not quite be good enough to go and get the ninety-eight points that you, that you need. But I do, I do think it's harsh this this sort of shift towards mentality and and, and things like at that. Liverpool in the Liverpool game, I was I was very happy with eighty percent of that performance. I thought I thought they were excellent, very assured. But at West Ham, I, I just don't think that this Arsenal team is quite good enough yet to not be at 100%, to not be at that sort of boiling point yeah. where everybody is working feverishly without the ball and then in possession, everyone's working incredibly but, hard but that, to but support that, but then, one but another. But then we're asking for a team of the youngest team in the league to be perfect, to be 100% every single week. And that 
That's just not human. I'm not saying that they. I'm not saying that it should be. It should be every game ninety minutes. I'm just yeah. saying that for seven, I would say for at least an hour of the game at West Ham, they treaded water, and and I think that was that that was slightly worrying. But but look, I'm not going to. I'm the last person to be harsh on this no, afternoon. No, team. It's been incredible. I know, I know. <laughs> no, and, and actually, Adrian, that's what that's what I was going to say. You know, and you say that they're not they're not quite good enough to control a game for for the whole ninety minutes, or you know, for a hundred percent of the time. Mm-hmm. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> That's absolutely fine. Considering where they have come from to where they are, that I, I, I think, you know, if you're being reasonable, that is perfectly okay. Yeah. It's just in the context of this season that we're talking. But yeah, you're right. Over the last five seasons, the closest that Arsenal have got to the eventual champions is 24 points. That's the closest. The range over the last five seasons is between 24 and 43 points. So what, where where Arsenal are at the moment is amazing. Um, and 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 yeah, we shouldn't be too harsh on them, but but I think that that we should we should be able to say that it was a disappointing performance because it was. And and I think Arsenal will be kicking themselves big time that they didn't put put that match to bed against West Ham. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Caro is in the way, and the referee blows his whistle. It's finished. West Ham 2, Arsenal 2, and the title could be Manchester City's to lose. Did you see the quotes from Odegaard after the game basically saying, you know, we they were dead and we kind of let them wake up and come back into it? And Arteta, Arteta was probably the most brutal I've heard him be about his own players actually sort of saying, you know, sloppy passes and we didn't get going and we sort of thought it was quite comfortable. There is definitely that sense of appraisal I think within the group. The other thing that struck me yesterday was just how light actually the depth of the squad is. When you really get beyond the kind of the best 13, 14, 15 players and into holding Tierney. And then also when you really need to go and change a game to win it to win a game at, at this point in the season. It's what we said last week on the podcast. Liverpool had a better bench than Arsenal last week to bring on Thiago and Darwin Nunes and other really talented players to affect a game. You know, Trossard's a really talented player, but he's not a player that comes on and you think, oh God, as an opponent, like, shit, what are we going to do about him? Right? And and, and Enketio as well. It, it, they're good players, but if you look at what Man City are bringing off the bench, if they need to go score a goal late on in a game, it's just not quite the same. I think on Trossard, it's, it might not be the best example. I mean, across, since he's joined, I, th- I think they've you'd be hard pushed to find a player that's created more goals yeah. than, than Leandro Trossard. I think you know, he scored a hat-trick at Anfield earlier this season. I think he is someone that Arsenal can turn to from the bench. It's probably the others that I would say, like a Fabio Vieira or a Reese Nelson. He came up trumps with a goal against Bournemouth, of course, but City have players of a higher level than those two, for sure. And this is what Arsenal fans have been saying all season, guys. It's been... Sooner or later, City's strength and depth will will make the difference. And maybe that's coming to pass now. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But yeah, Saliba and Zinchenko were big misses in that game. Just on the squad, why is Emil Smith-Rowe not, not really 
getting that much of a look in at the moment? Good question. I don't know. I think a lot of Arsenal fans are kind of pondering the same thing. He hasn't delivered, I guess, in terms of when when he has come off the bench, has he really impacted the game and and scored or created a goal? Not too often. Um, So, yeah, I I just think that Mikel has sort of gone off him a little bit. He, He clearly prefers Fabio Vieira at the moment. If you were to survey Arsenal fans, I think... 80-85% would, would for sure say that they want Emil Smith-Rowe to come off the bench instead of Vieira. But but look, Mikel sees them every day, I guess. You know, he's got a better steer on these things. Let's move on to, to Declan Rice. That leads us on to, to this. Arsenal, one of the clubs uh, very much being linked with trying to make a move for him this summer. Here is the Athletics' David Ornstein with the latest on what we know uh, on that pursuit at the moment. Well, that was a sensational man-of-the-match performance from Declan Rice, and not the first in recent times. He's really moving in the right direction. That's why it's no surprise that so many major teams will be interested in him, are interested in, have been interested in him for a while. Now, Arsenal's admiration is well-documented. You know, they considered him in January. There's a very good chance they'll do so again in the summer, and they won't be alone in that because he's among this bracket of really high-level midfielders. There's a lot more demand than there is supply. We saw Enzo Fernandez go to Chelsea. We've talked so much about Jude Bellingham, Moises Caicedo, Alexis McAllister, Mason Mount. Yeah, slightly different positions, but Rice is really at that top table, and it'll be fascinating to see what happens because... He'll have two years to go on his contract, so West Ham have a little bit of control, but this is probably the time at which they were looking to maximise his price. If they decide to sell, then they'll really try and get the highest possible figure. And that will be a key question for many of the clubs who are pursuing him. Can they afford what will be a really expensive package? We've seen the links to Chelsea over the years, where he, of course, started out as a young player. There have been uh, reports suggesting there's admiration at Manchester United and elsewhere. So let's see how things develop. Um, But certainly this is a player that we're going to have to keep a very close eye on as the summer transfer window approaches. And Sunday's performance only underlined that. So having heard everything there from David, Adam, just before we come on to Arsenal and Rice, we seem to have talked a lot this season about what's going to happen this summer with midfielders and how many are wanted and you know as David's mentioned Bellingham and Caicedo and Alexis McAllister and Mason Mount and Declan Rice and so on and so forth I start to get the impression that whilst they're all coveted I'm not quite sure how many people are going to be able to afford any of them at the moment well it depends what the asking prices are doesn't it really and it depends you know West Ham I think for a long time have looked at Declan Rice and thought that's a guaranteed 100 million pound for us I'm not sure that they ne- they'll necessarily get that now. Partially because he's not had the best season. That's not entirely his fault. His team's not had a great season. But also because I'm not sure there's going to be the auction that West Ham have long hoped that there would be with you know Chelsea obviously now not being in the Champions League. If Liverpool can't afford to do a Jude Bellingham at over £100 million, can they afford to do a, a, a Declan Rice at over £100 million? Are Man United happy with Casemiro doing that role for the next couple of years? Which really leaves Arsenal in quite a strong position, I think, to 
get the deal that they want rather than the deal that West Ham want. I would still expect that to be 75, 80 million pounds or so if that, if that deal was going to happen. But I do think it's different to, to what it was before. Arsenal should be able to spend quite a bit of money this summer. I think I think their fans would expect that back in the Champions League. They didn't go and do the kind of Mudrick deal in January. So they should have budget both left over and to come. When Arsenal step back, they might still win the league. They might go into it as champions. If not, you know, you'll be going back into the Champions League with what should be a pretty hefty budget to spend as well. Have they, do you think, Adrian, got a hefty budget to spend? And also, there, there was sort of a wry smile on your face when Adam went, Arsenal should be in a strong position here. Because uh, I'm guessing the pessimistic Arsenal fan will go, God, when we've been in a strong position before or in a one-horse race for a player, we then seem to lose them. <laughs> it's not an unfair comment, Jeffers. It's not. I mean, <laughs> we all know what's happened. Goodness me. Getting deals over the line has been protracted so often, hasn't it? And And... And often Arsenal have missed out. I don't know. I, I do get a better vibe about, about Declan Rice. I'll shake on it with, with Adam, by the way, on 75, 80 million. Yeah, we'll, take, we'll, we'll do that. We'll do that deal. Do you think he's that good? Oh, I do. Yeah. No, I really Very. do. I've, I've, I've done co-coms on quite a few West Ham games this season. Not loads, but five or six. And every time he's been their best player by a mile. In a bad season, playing for a bad team. He still regained possession more than any other player in the Premier League. By quite, there's him and Rodri, head and shoulders above the rest. He he is a a ball winning machine. Like, you saw him in the game against Arsenal. He's just here, there, and everywhere, picking up loose balls, and not just getting there, making the right choices when it when he gets the ball. Forward passes, accurate long passes. He's got great drive. He's quick, much quicker than I think people give him credit for. The part he played, whether you think it was handball or not, the part he played in that in that penalty was trademark Rice. And I can just see him in an Arteta team. He is the perfect midfielder for, for Mikel. So I really hope that Arsenal can get this over the line. Would he be, because we always seem to look at Arteta's coaching at the moment through the Guardiola prism. So would he be Arteta's Rodri? Or Fernandinho? I don't think he'd be the Rodri because I think that Thomas Partey is the Rodri, if you know what I mean. I think mm. It's a funny one because in the current setup, Where does he get in? You, yeah, exactly. He would get in probably instead of Granit Xhaka on that box-to-box role because he can absolutely play a box-to-box role. But I think in certain matches, like a Liverpool away, you'd have a double pivot, wouldn't you? You'd have those two sort of absolute monsters in the middle of the park with Partey and Rice. So he gets in the team. I don't know. I don't know how or why or, or whether he, we should compare him to Rodri or not. But I would say he was more, more box to box. Um, and I, I, I think you could have Partey at the base, Rice to one side, and Erdegaard to the other, and that would be a pretty stellar engine room. The time is right for him. He has to move. And I think Adam summarised it really well with with the competition, and obviously with Chelsea being in a real state as well. I think no matter how much money they try to throw at him, if they go after him, surely Declan would look at it and say, "You know, what, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go where the money is necessarily. I'm gonna ch- choose my club carefully and the team that's on an upward curve." And and Arsenal, you know, are on a huge upward curve. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is a paid advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Do you ever get that feeling that you need to get something off your chest? We all carry around different stresses, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to release and discuss those thoughts and feelings and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. All you need to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a licensed therapist. And if things don't click, you can switch to someone new at any time with no additional charge. With over 1,000 therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. And because you listen to this podcast, you can get 10% off your first month of online therapy by heading to betterhelp.com slash athleticfootball. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash athleticfootball with no spaces. It's very difficult, isn't it? I mean, Adam, you mentioned a couple of the ones there. It's very difficult to see Chelsea or Manchester United or Liverpool, really, making a move for him. The interesting one in all of this, which Arsenal fans probably wouldn't want to hear, is if... Because there have been rumours that Rodri might go back to Spain at some point. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Adrian just got his head in his hands. I mean... Could you see a summer where Manchester City make a move for Declan Rice and Jude Bellingham? It's not impossible, is it? No, I don't think it is. I don't think he's as good as maybe Adrian thinks it thinks he is in terms of that real sort of Man City level. But then they, they bought Calvin Phillips, so they probably buy Declan Rice if they bought by Calvin Phillips. I don't mean that kind of disparagingly, but De- Declan Rice is a better player. Comes across quite disparagingly, well, obviously. He wasn't very good on Saturday, was he? <laughs> <laughs> and um, Jude Bellingham... Yeah, I think City are in the driving seat for for, for Bellingham now. It's them or Real Madrid, really, isn't it? A few whispers about Man United getting involved, but I'd, I'd be surprised if Man United managed to get him at, at this stage. Yeah, I, I think that Man City shout is a, is a good shout, but it all depends on if Rodri is kind of, what does he want to do one more year? Is that going to be this summer? Is there someone that can afford to buy Rodri from Man City in Spain at the moment? Will Barcelona have to sell a tier of their stadium to to get him through the door. So I, I think in the idea of it, I think that's right. And also, Man City, just the age profile of Man City's midfield is is getting on a bit. You know, you look at Rodri and De Bruyne and Bernardo Silva and Gundogan, and you can tell that that is, if Guardiola is going to stay, that is going to have to change this summer, even as they sort of cruise towards a treble um, and everything looks pretty perfect as it is. Um, just a quick one on on because uh, sometimes I don't understand London politics that well, and and certainly some of our audience won't, depending on where they're listening. Is a West Ham say is a West Ham sale to Arsenal more palatable than a West Ham sale to Chelsea or Tot- not that Tottenham are in the running or or Tottenham? I think so. Yeah, I think it is. There's not been that many, have they, down the years? I'm just trying to think. I think West West Ham no. Chelsea is a very bitter rivalry, as is West Ham Spurs. Um, less so with Arsenal yeah I, I think that is more palatable I think that obviously Mason Mount situation at Chelsea being up in the air 
uh, impacts Declan Rice as well because we know that they're, they're great buddies and the chances are, are quite high. I would suggest that Mount might might move on. So the fact that Arsenal have a chance, have a shot at Declan Rice, is unbelievable progress from where they were last summer. I don't think Arsenal would have been able to to persuade him to to come to Emirates twelve months ago. So. Yeah, it's it's heading in the right direction. No matter what happens between now and the end of the season, they'll be in a position where they can afford him and where they will be, you know, they'll be a really attractive team. Where else are they looking, like position-wise or player-wise? I think they have to be looking at um, a better backup at centre-half. I think we've seen that, haven't we? With, with Rob Holding coming in, he's, he's, he's a decent player. He's a great character, perfect for the dressing room. But there's a real... It's a, it's a big downgrade, I think, when Saliba's out. And it would probably be the same with Gabriel out of San Kivio. So I think another centre-half for sure. I mean, there's not, there's not that much wrong, is there, really? I think it's just topping up certain certain positions. Yeah, I don't, I don't think... I think Rice would be the primary target. And then you're probably looking to bring in another another winger to, to so that you're able to rest and rotate Saka and Martinelli. Because obviously... They haven't played really in the Europa League that much, those guys. They will play in the Champions League. So you need someone that can play on a Saturday or a Sunday in the, in the Prem and, and not be not be a big downgrade. So I think there'll be a winger and, and Rice for sure and a centre-half. Uh, Adrian, do you see um, Ben White now as a, a right-back full stop? Because I, I was kind of watching yesterday thinking if Tommy Asu was fit, for example, yesterday, Ben White coming inside as the centre-back rather than holding that starts to look a bit stronger. But do Arsenal now just see him as he is a right-back? I mean, he's brilliant yesterday, I thought. Yeah, he, he's, a, he's a great player. What it is, is that he's got an amazing uh, chemistry with Saka. And I think that, that Mikel Arteta would be really loath to break that up. They love playing with each other. White, if you look at the sort of pass maps of Ben White and Saka each game, it's just incessant, the service he gives him. It's perfect. So... Um, and he flies around on the overlap at the right times. He picks and chooses really well. So, yeah, I, I think he is a right back now that can play centre half. But having said that, the Tommy Asu factor has, has hurt Arsenal for sure because I, I, I suspect Tommy Asu might have had a chance of playing centre half ahead of ahead of Rob Holding as well because he can do that. The final one then. Um, I'm sure we'll do many pods on this uh, before we eventually get to uh, the uh, the game on April the 26th. Has what's happened at Liverpool and West Ham changed your mentality about that game at the Etihad on April the 26th? And let, let me tell you what a, what, a, what a friend of mine who is an Arsenal fan texted me yesterday at once the final whistle had gone he said at least I don't have to be anxious anymore <laughs> I don't know that feeling yeah Arsenal are big underdogs now but I, I've seen them as underdogs all the way through I've not not allowed myself to believe that it was definitely going to happen does the game at the Etihad become a free hit rather than having to hold on to something don't don't no. roll your eyes at me Adam it's, it's not still, a free hit no it's clear it's, it's, I know it's not a free hit no chance it, the Arsenal are under pressure to, to try and win the game or at least get a point in the game but that would have been the case if they were you know six points clear or, or one point clear so no nah, hasn't really changed it I mean Arsenal haven't got a point there in donkey's year so, so it, it feels like a long shot but you just never know Arsenal hadn't 
hadn't got anything at Spurs, hadn't got anything at Chelsea for years, hadn't beaten a lot of these big teams for for, for a long for a long time. So, and City, remember, it, while they look invincible at the moment, they just look unreal. They have dropped points at home to Brentford. They did drop points at Forest. They have dropped points at home to Everton. They nearly made the right mess of it on Saturday. Let's not forget. Exactly. So, no, it's um, it's doable. Arsenal can go to the Etihad and get something. And they can win the league. But it's... Well, they're underdogs now. We know that. He nearly talked himself into that, Adam. He nearly, look at him. He nearly talked himself one, into one, it. One hand on the trophy. Um, <laughs> but I think... I think you, you do have to put it the other... We're, we're all talking about pressure on Arsenal and, you know, potential psychological fragility of Arsenal. You do have to like, flip it round the other way. If Arsenal beat Southampton on Friday night, they go, they go to the Etihad seven points clear because City played the FA Cup next weekend. Yeah. So psychologically, looking, even for a team like Manchester City, brilliant team, experienced, to go into a game knowing you are seven points behind, even with two games in hand, and if Arsenal were to go a goal up, in that game, and all of a sudden that everyone's looking at the table live mid-game, and it says ten points. That's a pretty tough situation. Stop, Adam. You get you, this is you get yeah, me too, what, too what optimistic here. Like, it's two way <laughs> this this psychological yeah. pressure that that is that is involved in in this title race. Just don't go two 0 up there. Then I'll start worrying about Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Adrian, Adam, thank you both. We will leave it there. Uh, subscribe to the Athletic now for one pound ninety nine a month for twelve months. Just go to theathletic.com slash football pod. We'll have another one tomorrow. Thanks for listening. The Athletic. <laughs>